Hello. Hey, Marilyn. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, good. It's early, but I'm good. Were you forced to upgrade to the new Skype prior to today, or are you still cruising? I'm still on the old one. Well, good. I think that stops soon. I think I'm going to be forced to update soon. Yeah. I thought it already made you do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I got grandfathered in. Maybe I get to keep this one forever. That'd be awesome if you could. My copy of GarageBand that'll die soon. Uh, everything changes, Dan. They call it Dukkha. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, that's right. They do call it that. It's a process of upgrading apps that are perfectly fine the way they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're sad. Uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Pretty good. Can't complain, you know. Who'd listen? No, mm. no one would listen. No one would listen. Um, hey, we got a special episode today. It is special. Did you know it's special? It is special. It's going to be a bright and tight one, but um, this is going to be our uh, episode where we talk about uh, the new iPad. And in particular, I ask you this very hastily in, in messages, and I don't know if it made any sense. I would like to, um, interview is a strong word, I would like to talk to you about the new iPad, how you feel about it, how it compares to your previous ones, and of course I will have... Uh, plenty of places to jump in, but I thought maybe you know who knows we might have some unique perspectives. I or love, I love that. I settle for pseudo unique. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, now you got one too, didn't you? Mm-hmm, sure did. And sure it, did. And you got the larger of the two. Yeah, I guess we should we should uh, stipulate up front. I did. I got the uh, being somebody who in the past thought the the original iPad Pro size was way too big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought the original one. Um, gave it to my wife who loves it. And then same, I got a same one. exact story. Yeah. And so I've been hanging around that nine and 10 inch, um, form factor size for a while. And then with, you know, with this one, I thought it, it doesn't make a ton of sense for me to get the same thing I already have. Might as well see what other benefits I can have with this larger screen. And, uh, I like the fact that it's, it maintains the size, the amount of you know stuff on it without the bulk. So uh, yeah, that's what I got. And you uh, you got the the smaller size, smaller, which I guess they call the eleven inch now. Is that right? I guess so. It's okay. kind of confusing. The smaller um, of the two, the eleven inch. That's the one I got. Now the the only thing that I care about because I feel like storage. I think anyone who gets the sixty four gigabyte storage one is. They're they're just using it to like watch Netflix on. They're not planning to actually store very much on it. I feel like the two fifty six is really where you want to start. Uh, I could do half an hour just on this one thing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy making. Yeah, it's we talked about this before. I will continue to talk about this because I think it's weird. Why is there no one twenty eight? This is a very good question. Um, I was saying to friend of the show Todd Vizier yesterday. It's a little bit like going to a grocery store where they sell sugar, but you can only buy it by the cup or the crate. <laughs> right, right. Like that's you can buy a teaspoon not, of sugar or you can buy 20 pounds of sugar. There's yeah, no you can either buy almost definitely way less than you will need mm-hmm. in the next year <laughs> or every month even, or you can buy way more than you could ever use and would certainly rot or get eaten by flies. Um, so that's how I feel about that. Just in brief, yeah, they have, if my understanding is correct, they have four levels. Um, the there's the okay so the large sorry it's very early the large or the small ipad pro that you get the levels are i believe 64 gig 256 gig 512 gig and one terabyte gig the slight mystery in all of this is that according to preliminary teardown stuff the one terabyte model has more ram but it has not been shown that that does anything 
yet has not been shown to do anything that changes the um, performance. That it could just be a result of needing a. I don't. I don't understand this. I'm just saying this fanatically. But that you might need more RAM in order to access uh, a SSD or whatever storage of that size. That, I don't that quite seems understand it. that seems to be the only reason I can think of too. Because and, and I'll, now my understanding also is that the specs, other than this one exception that you just stated, that the specs between the larger and the smaller iPads are otherwise the same. Do I have to my knowledge, they're yeah. identical across yeah. all of them, except for that one difference. But okay. I, I don't know. As always, <clears throat> you know, Apple sells by, you know, diagonal measurement size and right. uh, does not um, go overboard to report on uh, various kinds of stats. Uh, here's, here's what's crazy about this, though. And this is something I feel like I first brought up probably with you was that um, the iPad for a lot of us. You use it for tons of stuff, but one of the great uses of it is for having movies, like when you go on the road. Oh, yeah. And so um, my tip is always <laughs> to start loading movies onto your iPad well before the day that you plan to leave town. <laughs> yeah, like a week before. I can't tell you how many times I've got part of three movies on the iPad by the time I get on the plane. Uh. Um, but so this is why I say what I said. Um, so you get the 64 gig. I'd be curious out of the box how much of that is even with uh, an unrestored iPad, I wonder how much of that is just the stuff that's already on there. Probably not a ton, but I put, uh, in the last couple days, I put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven movies on the iPad mm. that are ones I like. I know my kid likes, you know, if just to have them. To if, if you're there and you're, you're, something happens and you're bored or your kid's bored, you know what? Now you've got a selection of movies. You Prisoner just of Azkaban. Yeah. Boom. I mean, everybody loves that movie. Black Panther, Incredibles, Fury Road, Scott Pilgrim. Um, but my point is that I'm looking in settings, general, um, iPad storage. And so those, however many, what I say? 10, 10-ish movies. That's 66 gigs mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that that's a ridiculous number of movies. They're usually around, an iTunes movie is generally around, I don't know, three and a half, four gigs. Godfather 2, I think, was eight gigs, the restored Coppola edition. But, I mean, if you want to have more than a few movies, you figure for, for a, a piece, like, you're not going to put a lot on, you're not going to fit a lot on there. So, right. you know, it's, on the one hand, it seems crazy to buy, in my case, a 512 gig uh, device. It seems crazy. I don't see any time in the near future that I will come anywhere near filling that. But at the same time, what what could be dumber than cheaping out, not cheaping out, it's not inexpensive, but getting the lowest level model because, you know, I, I just don't think Apple communicates this kind of stuff really well. Yeah. 128 would have been a really good size to, um, to put out. That's probably what most normal people need. But anyway, I, I think that's kind of frustrating. Well, I was oh. looking at, uh, at mine also under iPad storage because I was curious how mine would play out. And this is something interesting, just as an aside, when I went into iPad storage, first it reported that it was, it was using 64 gigs. Mm -hmm. And then as I watched it, it went down to 50 and then eventually coalesced and settled down to 46.2 gigabytes. Of what's on there now? Of, of used storage. So it actually thought there was more than it was. And the breakdown, mo- I have not put movies on it yet. I've been mainly, well, we'll talk mm-hmm. about what I've been doing with, but it's, it's at 46.2 gigs 
really with with just like apps in the first in the first week yeah of just yeah. apps and stuff like that installed very the line for photos is very small it synced up my photos and it synced up other takes up a decent amount of space but i don't know what that really is uh but just you know after about a week of having it i'm at just about 50 gigs of the 256 that i have and mm-hmm. then you you do start putting movies and one of the things that people should know if they don't know they should know that Netflix allows you to only on mobile devices, not on your computer. It allows you to download movies and TV shows and things like that so that they can so be watched off series. You can, you, can. Yeah. you could say, Oh, I mm-hmm. daredevil season three came out. I'm going on a trip. I'm going to download the whole, Does that, that the goes whole for almost all of their original ish content, right? It's I don't not, know how you can, they you're not guaranteed that. of it on every movie, but most of their original stuff is available like that. Isn't it? I I've, I have yet to run into anything that said you can't download this, but okay. you know, so I, but if you're if you're a Plex user and you should be and you've loaded your own um, movies into Plex or whatever into Plex, it Plex allows you to do the same thing. You can download it to right onto the iPad and you can watch it then wherever you go offline without using internet bandwidth. And of course, iTunes and everything does that. Too. Spotify, yeah, any yeah, of those. yeah. So uh, you really are, you know. I think of one of the th- ways I think of an iPad is as a, a media hub. This is the place that I'm going to go to watch a lot of stuff as well as the other things that you can do with an iPad. But I think at the end of the day, you're watching a lot of stuff on an iPad. And whether that's YouTube or videos that you've downloaded or Netflix or whatever, whenever I travel, um, I always have a device like that with me. For a while, it's been my laptop because I didn't have an iPad for such a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but before that, it was always the iPad. If for no other reason... It, because the battery life was so good on it that I could know that it, no matter what happened, even if I had, and I, I've had this before, a six-hour delay in an airport that has essentially no entertainment and nothing to do and, and, and is horrible, you know, that you can watch movies and other things. And having that iPad was like, it was the difference between being pretty bored for six hours and being mm-hmm. entertained for six hours. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And and again, you know, <clears throat> you want to think about that stuff before you leave the house. I'm trying to see what my MacBook 2015 MacBook Pro has. I'm trying to remember, but storage space. You mean? Yeah, I, I bet it's 256. Anyway, I'm certain that my iPad has <laughs> as much or more space than my Mac does at this point. My laptop. Um. Yeah. So this is weird. This is kind of cool. If you haven't done this, uh, folks, on iOS, it is very interesting. Um, if you have never had to do this, you probably have a pretty large capacity device, but you have settings general and then iPhone or iPad storage. This is such a weird one. TV. I've got 66 gigs. Obviously that's big. Instapaper is my second biggest at mm. eight gigs. I guess I've got a lot of things in there. I intend to read photos, understandably big seven gigs. You know, what my fourth largest thing is, um, nuzzle. That app yeah. that you use is the service where it shows you. It's kind of cool. It's dorky and it's a little bit douchey, but um, it's as good as the people you follow. You get these different tabs inside this app. The main tab I look at is show me everything the people I follow on Twitter have linked to, um, sorted by number of links to that. So it's a good way to get a quick view into like what people you follow are linking to. Right. But I guess it must be caching those. 
It has to be. Gigs. It has to be. Next, next biggest after that is GarageBand at one point six. Now, did you I mean, over Overcast one point five? Did gigs. did you um did you install uh, new and install stuff, or did you uh, pull from a backup copy? No, I, I restored. I told Gruber about this on the talk show the other day. I I the thing I, I things to always remember. You know, have you if you got a new phone, have you backed up your watch? You know, and unpaired um, it. Uh, the thing, I think I'm such a dummy. I forgot I have developer betas oh. on all my stuff. Mm-hmm. So my backup had the beta on it, uh. which means I had to get the beta onto the, uh, rewipe the new iPad, um, get the beta, the profile on the beta, and then restore it. But I was really surprised. And again, I also told Gruber how crazy it is. I don't think, I don't know of an easy way right now to go from my 2015, um, uh, iMac, Retina iMac uh, 5K. It's early. Retina 5K iMac. I do not know of an easy way, trivial easy way with cables I have to go from that Mac to this iPad with USB-C. And I asked some friends about it, and there are ways, I guess, using the Thunderbolt. But Mm. isn't that odd? That's like a three-year-old computer that I can't connect to this device. so weird. So all I did was I went into restore. I said, you know, um, reset uh, settings. Mm-hmm on the iPad and then restored from the cloud. And honestly, this has come so far. It was flawless in about more or less two hours. Everything was restored. And so that's what I did. Um, I'm guessing you started fresh. Yeah. Because the last time that I'd used an iPad was yeah. at least a year or two ago. And I didn't want any of that garbage. I don't want any of that crap. So I me, started um, fresh and just installed, installed what I needed. And um, it was, you know, it was funny because you know, you've got you've got these great little. If you're in the Apple ecosystem, you already have an iPhone. You can do that same thing that I've done with the Apple TV, where it says like, "Hold your phone near your device," and it'll just. And and I was surprised at how much stuff it just set up for me just by holding my phone in close proximity to the iPad when I was setting it up. Everything from Wi-Fi to who knows what else it did, and it also. Uh, you know, logged into the iCloud account and started the the yeah, image right. download process and all of this stuff. So setup was just great. And I'm trying to think of how they could make it better or easier. And I couldn't really come up with anything. It's it's. I mean, you you've got a brand new device with nothing on it. You put your phone nearby and let your phone take a picture of the symbol the that uh, your iPad shows it, and you're pretty much off. You're off and running. It's yeah. pretty cool. It it does work very well. The Wi-Fi is a, it's frustrating if you have a decent Wi-Fi password. It is kind of annoying to have to type that in. That's really good. Yeah. Um, this is purely anecdotal, but uh, over the years I've become very sensitive to how often I get a pop up from Apple or what appears to be Apple asking me to reauthenticate. Yeah. With either the ID that I use for iTunes or the ID that I use for iCloud, and it's it's been a, a source of frustration and anxiety that that thing pops up so often. Purely anecdotally. I really feel like I got prompted probably twice total mm. with this setup. It mm-hmm. didn't seem confused about as long as you get it in right the first time, like it works pretty well. And it's a good idea to have that stuff, obviously setting, sitting nearby and ready. But yeah, I, I thought the, the setup has, it's come so far. So far. Yeah. So, I mean, um, all of that stuff is, is, you know, setting the stage, I think for actually getting it and using it. But I'm curious, did you, you, did you, although you recommended I should not get, the keyboard folio or the pencil. I got both. I'm curious if you got either. I did. I got both. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got, well, I got, I, you know, I, I like this thing a lot. I got, I got the folio cover and the folio keyboard cover. Um, we could get to the f- keyboard. Um, uh, it's better than it used to be, but that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a great keyboard. It's not great to type on for extended <laughs> periods of time. It's like typing on a pizza box. <laughs> yeah. Top, 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 top. What, what I, my biggest complaint about it isn't that. I mean, I, I think it's fine. I actually, I maybe like it better in some ways than my MacBook Pro keyboard, the new one. Wow. Uh, because I just hate that thing. But it's it's the problem that I have, and you mentioned this, and I knew this before I got it, was that when you fold the keyboard back, you're holding on to the keyboard, which is not, that's not great. It's not good. Yeah, it feels weird. It feels weird. I don't like that. I don't want to set it down that way either, because then like the keyboards on the desk or the table or whatever surface you're setting it on it it doesn't feel right it feels it feels very wrong to me um also i feel and tell me if you've noticed this i don't feel like it is connected to the back of the ipad as securely as the other one did i feel like it's a little bit Hmm. um a little bit like it's easier to pull i did notice that I mean, it's, this is a really a story of trade-offs. I guess you know what? Let's just go with this format. We'll just we'll just talk. We All don't right. need to do an interview. All right. It's got yeah. So, but yes, let's just roll with this. Hi, reboot. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I'll just okay, delete. So, I'll edit all that out. Yeah, that's fine. It'll never end. Um, it is a very low bar to say this is better than the other one, but it is such a story of trade-offs because. You know, what do you do more than anything else with this iPad when you're not using it? Well, you're carrying it around. Whether that's, you know, how you hold it in your hand, how you put it in a backpack, you put it on your desk, whatever that is. It's a story of trade-offs. And what this is, is their best solution they've got for a way to have a physical keyboard that you use on your fancy iPad in landscape mode. And, you know, looking at this, uh, what, from a the perspective of say 1980 you'd go wow what are you complaining about that's incredible that you can do that at all but you know it's uh even people who are super duper hard- hardcore ipad pro fans users workers all <laughs> the one all my friends on podcasts who use these things all say the same thing uniformly you know what if you're gonna charge a lot charge even more and give me just a really really good keyboard for this <laughs> right thing. yeah because for 200 bucks I mean, you can get a, you can get a Bluetooth keyboard for sixty dollars that is way more fun to use with this, but it isn't part of the cover. So you have to kind of ask yourself: Well, do you want to live with that trade off all the time? And for some people, the answer is clearly yes. They love having the external keyboard there all the time. The tungsten uh, adds a little bit extra uh, bulk to it when you carry it around. But and I I used it for a short period of time, um, and it's it's okay. Uh, as far as typing, it's it feels very insubstantial uh, to type on it. But um, what I was going to say was I, I, uh, I've seen lots of people, my friends, doing this thing where they shake it a little bit and it kind of quivers and bounces. <laughs> but I was pretty amazed with how well <laughs> that that edge does stay in the little channel. Yes, it does stay pretty well Because it's got so many dang, ding-dang magnets on it. Like yeah. It really yep. does stay in there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I put a couple links in show notes that show you the, the thing that I use, the setup I stole from Jason Snell, which is that stand, uh, plus that um, Matias uh, keyboard. Not perfect, but boy, is that ever great. When you, and what's neat is when you buy that, the thing that's neat to know, when you get that stand, that Viazin stand or whatever it is, uh, it comes with a little Allen wrench and two different size brackets. One bracket is for like a, you know, 
classic-sized iPad, mm-hmm. and the other larger bracket is for the large iPad Pro. And it's really easy to get in and out. It's very solid. It feels very substantial. But it's not part of the case. So that's your world of trade-offs. Is, yeah, it's part of the case. It's not the, the, the folio, the folio no-keyboard case I like a lot more. Boy, is that thing ever solid at staying on. Yeah, those are path. great. But the, and that's not cheap either. That's like 100 bucks. I know. I know. It, it, is, it is really bananas. But it... Um, with this new um, iPhone 5 style shape, uh, it, it's very satisfying. I mean, it really does magnet onto the back. Well, first of all, the, the previous smart covers would only just grab on the side, which was fine. This one now is covered on the back as well, but it's fairly, um, I mean, it, it's not heavy. It doesn't feel overly substantial. And it's just answer to my prayers, so dumb, but when you flip it around to use the iPad and you want the front cover to be on the back, it now snaps securely to the back. Mm. It doesn't like flop around right. like the other ones. Right. These are all fairly insubstantial things, but they do matter because, you know, and I think the I'll have, I'll have a, a, a no, not an opening statement, but a thesis statement about which sides of these to choose that should make it fairly easy, at least in my mind. Because it, it, it is so clearly so good. The, the large size is so good for some things and so clearly a deficit for other things mm. that you can easily guess. But then that's going to affect what kind of cover you want for it. Like if you are somebody who wants to be using that keyboard all the time, it makes a lot of sense to spend the 200 bucks, I suppose, and get that. Um, or you can spend actually a lot less and get a better setup if it's not something you need affixed to there all the time. Right. And that's the key to it is I've tried a lot of these really small, light, portable Bluetooth keyboards. I've never found one that I, I genuinely liked enough to sort of travel with. Like, I'm going to put this in my bag. And I'm going to take this with me. And, and and there's something weird about like setting up with like, here's this iPad that's primarily a touch interface, but like I'm bringing a separate keyboard like with me and a stand for it and a thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm putting all this down in the coffee shop or like my friend's table or whatever it is. That feels a little bit that feels a, a, a little bit much for me, but for people who are like the iPad is the place where they do certain kinds of work and maybe they just have the iPad with them and they open it and put it down on like the stand like you have and there's a keyboard that they're ready to use. That's much better. And I feel like every single one of these keyboard folio cases, all of them are a compromise between saying, I don't want to like bring props with me and set up when I get there, mm-hmm. but I do need a keyboard from time to time. And so like, okay, I'll compromise. And so the, the other compromise uh, keyboard I was going to get, I was mentioning is I have, I inherited this from my mom. It's for the iPad Air 2 and it is a Logitech Type Plus protective case with integrated keyboard. And uh, and so this, instead of using magnets and things like that, and this is not for the new iPad Pro, this is for the iPad Air 2, um, it, it clips onto your iPad. So it's not using magnets per se. It's, it's old school, like clipping onto it. And then it has really just one place where your iPad will sit. And instead of getting power from the iPad, it charges up with the USB at this looks like a mini or might be a micro. Yeah, it's a micro USB connector. So you charge the, um, the, the keyboard itself and then it lasts for like hundreds of hours because it takes nothing. But then it connects mm-hmm. with Bluetooth to the iPad. Uh, and this is one that I have used. The keyboard feels great. It looks great. It's I'm holding it up. It is a a tiny little bit smaller than my regular old Apple keyboard, 
and it just feels great and it's a joy to type on it reminds me of the way the macbook keyboards used to feel and um i would i would dare say it's a full-size keyboard and it's just great and i would love something like this for uh for that in-between purpose of of taking something and having it to type but i have to say that i feel like you know for me the kind of setup that you've described i think would be much more appealing that is to say have just like a nice case on the ipad and then put it on a little stand and use a regular size keyboard when i want to be in that mode yeah that's that's for home or work yeah. i don't think of that as so much of a travel, travel right thing. right uh as long as we're talking about uh, these keyboards um I was happy to see that uh, Bridge, B-R-Y-D-G-E, Bridge, yes. is going to People make, love those got, Bridge keyboards. I have, I have one, and I like it a lot. It makes it really feel like a little laptop. But they need to redesign it. And I think they're saying, uh, I think January of next year, January of 2019, a couple months from now, they should have that out. But that's in notes. Um, the Bridge is really neat, because if you haven't seen these, it really it makes it essentially look like a laptop. Sure You does. get a really good, like... I think close to, I think you get a full keyboard and you basically put your iPad in landscape mode into these very secure slots that are, um, um, what do you call that? Like, like, like a hinge. It stays up very securely. It works great in your lap. And then you just close that up like you would a laptop and you're on your way. Um, might be a little heavy. You could also use like, um, you you know, for travel purposes, you could just throw a magic keyboard in. Or, or like, what's the, what's the one I like? The, um, so the, the, the Logitech's I like, the very old one that I'm using right this minute is the 760. Another really nice one is the K811. That's what the, the black keys and it can be backlit. Um, but it's, it's a good size, but you could just throw that in a bag. Again, it's, it's trade-offs. Like if you want to do this, treat this as a laptop, then I think you have to give away a little, if you want to treat this like a laptop, you're going to need a good keyboard yeah. for it. And you're going to have to give away the idea that this thing's going to weigh what it weighed when you took it out of the box. You got to just give up on that. But you know, if, if you want the trade-off, you know, if it's not obvious, I don't, <laughs> I don't love the keyboard on that cover. I really don't, but I don't even, I mean, I just, I don't want to carry it around all the time. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we have an abbreviated episode today, yeah, because it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 Veterans Day, so we're in a short episode. <laughs> That's exactly why, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you tell me about uh, something you like? Yes, I would like to tell you about something new. It is called Hopsy. 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 What is Hopsy? I will tell you. Hopsy. So back in uh, in 2017, you had these three guys sitting around. They love craft beer, and they're thinking, you know what? They like the craft beer. They like the craft beer scene in uh, in Merlin's own San Francisco and across the rest of the country. But there there were so many breweries. Like no one could possibly go to all of these things. No one can possibly really do the ultimate hopsy uh, hops tour, you know. And they said, "What what what are you supposed to do?" And they okay. said, "Here's the thing. This is an op- they saw an opportunity." And they said, "You know what though? The problem is I don't want to drink." like beer from some bottle. That's not the way to get it. Everyone wants it from the tap. They want it out of, you ever heard of the term keg? You ever heard of the term keg? I have. Okay. So they said, this is, this is what they want to do. I Think of uh, a Keurig coffee maker, right? In the convenience mm-hmm. of that. Even if you oh, don't, yeah. even if you don't like the, the, the coffee from those, just think of the convenience you can get one cup of coffee on demand when you need it with minimal effort. And they said, we, we like that idea. Can we do that for beer? Can we come up with a countertop 
home draft appliance that will give you fresh beer like you're in a tap room without like sticking to the floor and the bar in there? Can we do that? And the, and the answer is yes. And so you can, you can think of this as like a Keurig for beer or Nespresso. Now, I say what you want about the Keurig. I have a Nespresso and hmm. it is amazing. I do not drink very much coffee these days but when i do i want a really nice espresso and i want it to be made awesome and i make these things at home in the little nespresso that thing is awesome and hopsy has all everything that makes a nespresso awesome hopsy has that except it's it's for beer Mm -hmm. and they have something called the sub draft system so this brings beer on tap to your house with uh without the price tag that uh you would expect with something like this and uh, did you did you receive one of these are you in receipt of a hop in receipt of it it's pretty cool yeah you it comes with this what i didn't realize when i got it i thought it was something i was going to stick in the refrigerator but it's not it's this thing how would you describe it self refrigerates right yeah 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 it's it's really easy to set up um well the the our perhaps less interesting part, uh, but important, is the the dingus you put this thing in, which is a brand name that you will recognize. Where you basically get it's it's a it almost looks like a a, a big Mac Pro on its side, um, and all you have to do is uh, turn the front of it, and it's got a little you know little uh, tap on there, and all you have to do is like make a little turn on the front of it, and we'll get to the beer part in a second. You get these you get beer in in a little tiny mini keg with a little uh, tube and all you have to do is thread the tube through this thing. Um, it, the first time you refrigerate it, it takes a couple, three hours, but it refrigerates it to a really nice temperature. And now all you have to do is uh, pull that little tap boy and out comes beer. And the, the part that Hopsy is selling, I think that's really interesting is that you can get a whole bunch of these different kinds of beers. This could be pretty great for a party, maybe pre-refrigerate a few of these different kinds, but you can go in and pick which beers you want. I got a couple IPAs that were real good. My wife and I liked them a lot. And, um, it's, it's a really, it's a really clever service. My understanding is you get there, all different kinds of craft beers are out for this. You can get it, but then it, it keeps it refrigerated and cold. And apparently it can last for like two weeks in there. That's wild. Yeah. So it didn't last that long. Well, you finished it first. I'm guessing. I like beer. Yeah. But I'm, I I think if you're like by yourself and you're having like one glass every few days, like you can still preserve it in Mm -hmm. there. So anyway, this is a really, really cool idea. So they have a a special URL for our listeners. It's tryhopsy.com and that's spelled H O P S Y. So tryhopsy.com slash back to work. And as you would expect, you'll use the promo code back to work. You to get the sub home draft machine, two mini kegs of beer, which is equivalent to two six packs, two hopsy glasses, and a free membership in the monthly beer club for ninety nine bucks. I have to say that terms and conditions apply. So let me just tell you what that is again. This is a, this is kind of cool. Tryhopsy.com slash back to work. Promo code back to work gets you the sub home draft machine, two mini kegs of beer, equivalent to two six packs, two hopsy glasses, free membership <laughs> two, in the monthly beer two club for ninety nine. Mini bucks. kegs of beer. Yes. Two mini kegs. Mini of beer. kegs. Not too many kegs of beer. Not too many. Too many. <laughs> so go check it out. And thanks to Hopsy for making this show possible. Buck, buck. Thanks for beer, Hopsy. Yeah, they got Lagunitas. They got cool stuff. Uh, cool sponsor. Um, they have a great URL. I like the They're, URL. Uh, the it's a fun name. URL. I can't make a sick because I don't want to mess with our, uh, you know, yeah. link. Yeah. But it's good. It's a good URL. Um. 
But you know, this does figure into. Well, should we should we should we go on about the stuff everybody else talked about? How about how great this thing is? <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I think it's terrific. I, I think, think it's beautiful. It's the best. Yeah, it's really fast. Have you done the um, multiple window thing? How fast it is and how like not choppy it is. Yes, and and one of the things that I um I was really looking forward to trying was that you know I I know that Apple has different terms for it uh where you know side by side and fly over and other things like that and and I think that uh the way that they've handled this is really nice the uh, the fact that you can bring out a little um. You can you can bring out a little panel where you've got notes or something, and you can take some notes while you're watching a movie, and then flick it away, and it goes off to the side. It doesn't have to be like split screen all the time. I love that. I thought that was really really smart. I've never used that before on an iPad because the last time I had it, it was too long ago. I think about picture in picture. No, where you've where you've got oh the, the little the little guy who's not a full the hangy outy guy the yeah hangout guy. What's that called? That's I don't know what that's called, but but so like if if you want to try this at home and you're on iOS 12 and you've got a a new iPad, I think it works on the other ones, the older ones too, with iOS 12. Uh, you just like launch Safari, let's say, and then mm-hmm. um, you swipe up from the bottom a little bit so that the dock pops up, and then you tap the app on the dock and hold it for a second, and then like drag it up, and it will just sort of float there instead of assuming a position as a mm-hmm. split screen it will just sort of float then you just swipe to the right and it's gone off the side of the screen and when you want it back you swipe from the right side of the screen toward the left and it's back and you That's can so cool. type some more notes and stuff little details like that i think are great and i keep reading over and over the how people are like the ipad would be perfect if it wasn't for ios and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the, the, the main two complaints are the launch pad or springboard or whatever they call it, that it's, it's antiquated and not well suited for such a big device. Okay. And then the second complaint that people uh, keep saying is, uh, oh, it's so hard to select text. Mm. So, but I, I like, that's okay. That's okay. Are you doing, are you um, doing the space bar trick? Uh, where you hold down the space bar and it turns into essentially a trackpad and lets you yeah. see yeah, that, that to me is, I, I guess people who are saying it's hard to select text don't know about that or don't like it or are using it's, a it keyboard. Is, I, mean, you, I don't know. The, the difference is on the, on the iPhone, it is better on the iPhone just in the sense that because of 3d touch or whatever it's called, it has a second component. That's great, which is if you pause and press deeper, it'll start selecting and then you can drag again. And I, to my knowledge, it doesn't currently do that on the iPad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, something I talked about with Gruber. I, I do, I'm, I'm also sensitive to people who are constantly looking toward the past and I try not to be that, that person. Like, what if we take this thing on its own, on its own merits and yeah. say, like, you know, does this need to be a laptop in our conception of a laptop from thus and such year? Have you really caught up with all the different things that have changed since you needed to have a giant, giant laptop, the thickness of an eight, eight track tape. I mean, it's, I'm not <laughs> saying we're there yet, but like, I don't know. I really feel like there's plenty to criticize Apple about. They do a lot of dingling stuff, um, on purpose, accidentally. However, they do a lot of dingling stuff, but I, I do think it's worth, worth at least for some amount of time taking something on its own merits before you just start criticizing everything it can't do. I think it is valuable to really learn what it can do. And I, I encounter people, this is a classic Flintstones problem, I encounter people all the time who don't know 
game changing stuff about using these things. Yes. Like that thing we just described. I mean, how many people out there are using that space bar thing every day? I'm going to bet not really that many. Not many. Like we said with Siri, I wonder how many people launch apps by speaking. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but for what this thing is, it is pretty dang capable and the display is gorgeous. When it first, um, that's I took amazing. it out and uh, turned it on. It was at 99% power and it looked gorgeous. It just mm-hmm. looked like a piece of gray floating on the bed. So here's it, the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. Here is the thing that, that, that you, everybody, if you're even, if it's even conceivable for you that you might want one of these things, go to the Apple store. I suppose Best Buy will have them too. Go somewhere that has them and pick it up and hold it. If this is not the most solid feeling, just tight, mm-hmm. like piece of hardware. It is amazing to me. There's no bulge on it at all. You know, like the old ones had that sort of a con- uh, convex uh, back. Had that uh, junk in the trunk. It, it did. Mm-hmm. And this is, this just feels, and it feels like the iPhone five, which is the perfect phone. Yep. And, uh, and it's it just it has this solid feel. The only thing that's disruptive is the little camera bump, which is understandable. People seem to want to take pictures with their iPad. I wish I could have gotten it with no camera because I don't ever. I'm never going to be using that. Hmm. Uh, I will never hold the camera up and take a picture of it on my uh, on my iPad. I just it's a pretty good camera. I hear it's amazing. Um, I might do a selfie with it, but I'm not anyway. It, other than that, it would be completely flat and, and, and it feels like you can hold it by the corner and there's no flexing in it. It's just super solid and looks awesome. And I almost feel like I wouldn't want it to be much thinner than this. This feels like no, it's, it's, it's thinner than an iPhone. Right. It's right where it should be. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Well, you know, let me get down to one brass tacks thing that, that I, and I, I want to hear every, every other single thing you want to say about this, but like my only, um, substantial, my only substantial hang up with this at this size, mine being the larger one is exactly the one you would expect, mm. which is that, you know, maybe one way to ask yourself is like, if you, <laughs> if you have the, uh, the notional sort of pie graph that I have, a percentage of, the, percentage of the time that I think I'm a good working boy using this with a keyboard and sitting at a table and treating it like a desktop versus the amount of time that I am a lard brick uh, fat ass just laying in bed looking at it. Um, if you are reclined on a bed mm. and looking at this, mm-hmm. um, or for that matter, if you're sitting up and holding it in your hands, your wrists are going to get tired yeah. because it is big and it feels top heavy, even though it is not heavy in the usual sense. Um, on the one hand, I love that mine has, so on the larger size, you get a really rich keyboard. You get a keyboard that's like a full keyboard with numbers and everything in view right, right. that I love. I forgot how much I missed that from the short time I've been on before. Typing with your thumbs is not surpassingly easy on this. Mm-hmm. Not that that has to be an issue, but be aware that if you... There is a trade-off to getting the larger size, and you have kind of normal-sized hands like I do. Uh, it's I, I miss letters by a row sometimes um, because you're you're also you're using it to. It's not like the iPhone. You're using you're supporting uh, whatever one pound whatever ways device with your hand mm-hmm. while you're typing with your right, thumbs in this right. sort of delicate way. That's the only place where I get a little frustrated is if I'm yelling at my friends on messages. It's sometimes difficult to type accurately. 
But uh, how are you finding the typing on this larger handheld device? You know, it's it's fine. I'm you know the few times that I've held it in uh, portrait mode with two hands, typing with thumbs, it was doable. I wouldn't think of doing that for a long period of time. You know, I if if I'm typing, I'm gonna wanna. Uh, put it in its little case then and type on the keyboard or just have it on my lap and type straight down on it. Um, you know, when, when I'm in a, when I'm doing business on the iPad, then I'm going to want a, business, a business. regular keyboard for that yeah. or, or something. So, but you know, if you're just talking about like opening up a web page or taking a quick note or something, it's, it feels fine in the smaller size. Uh, and mm-hmm. in fact, I would say it feels better um, than, than some of the other, iPads that I've used in in the past because it's it feels very balanced when you hold it. Um, the weight distribution feels nice, and I like that they've really. It, you've always had the benefit of being able to rotate an iPad in almost any direction, so it didn't really matter where you were holding it. But like the home button was in a certain place, so it kind of even though you could say, "Oh, just turn it the other way and it's fine," or yeah, yes, that's true, but. With the lack of the home button now, you really do feel like any way up is right, any way that you mm-hmm. want to hold it. And the fact that uh, it can unlock using Face ID, regardless of, of whether it's right side up or upside down, it really yeah. doesn't matter. As long as it's not obscured, it, yeah. will, it will see you. And something I, something I was saying to Gruber that was surprising to me, this is so purely anecdotal, but, well, first of all, like I never agreed <laughs> with the early review of the original face ID that said you, you stopped noticing it after a day or two. I found that to be utterly untrue. I don't know if it was the angle. I don't know if it was the speed. Uh, almost half the time I had to try twice to get it to, to get me right. I don't know. So that got better in iOS. Well, whenever it got better, I, face ID definitely got faster and more accurate. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I'm here to tell you with this thing, anecdotally, I have such fewer problems with this thing getting it right and quickly. And I, I wonder, uh, Gruber and I were both wondering if it has something to do with, I don't know, uh, the fact that it can now do it from different angles when you're holding it in different ways. I wonder if it's more generous about being able to see things from different angles or interpret right, from different angles. Right, farther away too. Did you already mention that? that, that I'll I be- didn't, I didn't, but I agree. Like right now I have a microphone in front of my face, so I have to move a little bit to unlock it, but it's real good. It, it's... I would say it feels, fa- if, how can I put this? What's, there's no word for this. Faster, more reliable, more responsive, less noticeable, right. even than it is on an um, on a iPhone XS. Totally agree. So, so, yeah, I mean, big thumbs up for that one. Yeah, I like Any that. Any other things? Um, oh, could you tell me about a second thing that you like? Yes, I would love to tell you about FreshBooks. FreshBooks! Big fan. You got Fresh me on that. Books. Never look back. You know, once once you try FreshBooks, you're going to say, why have I been doing this any other way for so long? Yeah. Uh, they make ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for freelancers, small, medium-sized businesses. They make it so easy to do things like invoicing or tracking expenses or, or getting paid online. They re- have drastically reduced the time that it takes. And, uh, and I think, they yeah, 10 million people now are using FreshBooks. I mean, that's, it's awesome. They actually rebuilt it from the ground up not that long ago, taking the things that their users used most and putting them in the forefront saying, how can we streamline this and, and just make it better? 
If you tried FreshBooks, you know, a couple of years ago and you thought, oh, this is this is good, maybe not for me or whatever, try it again. Uh, they've really, really, really improved it. And we use this all the time, every single invoice we ever send and hopefully all the invoices we get because there's a really smart feature in FreshBooks. If you're using FreshBooks and somebody who's working with you is using FreshBooks, you can connect that. So when you get an invoice from them, it'll just show up inside your own FreshBooks. Like all of these little details, it makes it so easy to just jump in and start invoicing, start like you can do things like take pictures of receipts on your phone so cool. when you're out at lunch or whatever and and um and it'll it'll pull it into their freshbooks app and now you can claim your expenses how, how much easier is that you know you don't have to keep track you don't have to save the receipt in your wallet until you have a george costanza wallet with uh-huh. receipts that you forgot what they're even for and the heat from the wallet and everything else is like worn the thermal paper and now the receipt's gone and visit forget it that's history uh you can get set up and send clean and professional looking invoices it takes like 30 seconds with two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. So now when a client says, well, can I pay you with my credit card? Yes, you can. The answer is yes. So many things. And of course, when you email a client an invoice, my favorite feature, FreshBooks can show you whether they've seen it or not and when, uh, putting an end to the, to the guessing games around that. And uh, really, we just want you to try FreshBooks. They've got great support if you have questions uh, and you might. Even though it's easy to set up, you might say, well, how do I do this? They have a human being will answer the phone and walk you through it. It's at FreshBooks, F-R-E-S-H, FreshBooks.com slash back to work and enter the code back to work in the how did you hear about us section. You'll get a unrestricted 30-day free trial, no credit card required. Mm-hmm. URL last time, FreshBooks.com slash back to work and enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section. And we appreciate the ongoing support from FreshBooks. Thanks, FreshBooks. Buck, buck. Good company. Good, good company. So we've talked about the hardware part. We've talked a little bit about what what we like about it. Um, I, I'm curious. Can I, can I ask one more before, real quick? Yeah. How are you adjusting to the gestures uh, changes? You know, I think if I had come from uh, my having an older iPad and using that, pre like iOS 12 it would have been weird but the iPhone 10 kind of inundated me to <laughs> to this so yeah. it's um it, it's definitely it feels more consistent because i've adjusted to the iPhone 10 now mm-hmm. um yeah yeah like it gave you some time to get acclimated i like i like all of it <clears throat> it's very responsive sliding you know at the bottom of the screen to go between apps is so much easier and that. faster than than the double clicking to get around or you know 3D touching on a phone. Right. The, the I, I'm not saying I dislike this. The only way, the only one that I'm having a little bit of trouble with is, and where I do miss the home button a little bit, is when I want to get to the um get to the home screen. I would call it the, where you have to do the drag up. Yeah. To to get it's not it's not difficult. Um, but it, it is there. I do find myself going to that homepage a lot and maybe even when I don't need to, but a, a frequent thing I will do is I want to get to an app and I don't spend a lot of time organizing my apps. I just want to get out of wherever I am and do a search, right? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I will do the drag up to get to the home, drag down from, or uh, drag down inside the screen to get to the search. I do that a lot. Um, I don't know of a faster way to do that. That's the only one, but I, I really, I like the, it's driving my daughter crazy. She still can't get used to where control center is. It's driving her nuts. From the upper um, right, you mean? 
Yeah, yeah, right. So upper right on iOS these days, upper right is control center, upper left is notifications. And then there's still that distinction between starting above, like in the bezel versus inside the viewable area. You get different things. But I, I'm not finding that difficult at all. So that's all I wanted to ask. As, as opposed as I was to the shift toward doing gestures and other things, I'm surprisingly acclimated to it and, and really don't mind it. Good. That will serve you well. It's, um, it is funny how I could, there was a time, uh, whatever, a year ago when I couldn't imagine not having a home button and it's, you know, seeming less difficult all the time because they've accounted for that. You know, I mean, they have to, you know, I, I, looking back on it, you almost wonder like, was the home button that we, that, that, that we all loved that Apple did right and better than most anyone else. Mm -hmm. Was it all along? just a a compromise was it just a stepping stone to get us where apple always wanted us to be which is close to or edge to edge screen with with no buttons and nothing on it but i have to say they executed the screen with the bezels so nicely that it makes me dislike the notch even more now <laughs> because there's really? there's no notch on the iPad because we have right. a bezel going around it, but the bezel's just big enough for the stuff that would be in the notch. I just like it. I like the way it looks. It looks uniform. The notch does not bother me, mm-hmm. but when I, mean, I, I know what you mean, just just aesthetically, yeah, it's like so you, you, balanced. You couldn't. It would be difficult unless you know a lot about buttons and um, you know uh, antenna lines. Yeah. It would be difficult to know which side is up just looking at this thing in a dimly lit, lit room, oh, which is good. I, and and now um, I wanted to ask you. So yeah. with um, you you mentioned antenna lines. Did you get the LTE uh, version of it, uh, or did you go with just Wi-Fi? I got the LTE as well. I haven't set it up yet, but yeah, I got that. See, I was really on the fence about that. I've gone back and forth on this many times over the years um, with different iPads that we've got, either getting them with uh, with LTE or without LTE. And the times that I've had the LTE, I think I've used it twice. One time we were on a vacation and the vacation rental house that we were supposed to be in was supposed to have Wi-Fi and it was broken and it didn't work and uh and so i wound up using the the lte on and yes it cost a small fortune but you gotta have your internet so Mm -hmm. we used that for the whole trip and that was great but there aren't a lot of times when i don't also have my phone with me and of course you can tether with your phone so I'm just I'm on the fence about it, and I'm. I don't think you. I don't think you need it. I. I. It's. It's. When you're doing that calculation again about the trade-offs, but especially about the money. There's all kinds of questions to ask yourself. But the world would be very different if I could add LTE to this. The world would be very different if I could add storage space to this. Yeah. The trouble is, you make one decision. You yeah. get, You get one shot at getting this right. And you don't get to upgrade. You'll never right. need to downgrade. I don't think LTE does anything to this that makes it more difficult. It's purely a question of money. And that's, but especially when it comes to storage size, to some extent LTE, but any of this stuff, like you can't go back. It isn't like you can go in and add some one, uh, one megabyte uh, RAM chips to your computer. You, you're, you're stuck with whatever is on here. You get that option once. Um, so I don't know. I think most people probably don't need it. It's, 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 it, it all changes It all. Like the, the, the landscape shifts constantly as each of these devices becomes more capable or becomes capable in a different way because you find yourself thinking about like, Oh, you know, do I want LTE? Do I need the LTE watch? Right. You know, and, 
it's again, forgive me, this also kind of came up with Gruber, where it's like when you're thinking about how this ecosystem works together, you have to think about, it's, you can very rarely think about one change. You have to think about multiple changes and, and what stuff, what, it, what a change will mean. And, you know, we're still so ripe for disruption on any of this stuff. Just think about going on the road now. Now, if you want to take this with you on the road and you need to charge with USB-C on the road, like, how does that change your go bag? Like, you got kind of got to think about that. Well, do you need a different anchor now with different kinds of things? Like, probably not. But each one of these decisions at the per- point of purchase represents trade-offs. And then how it figures in with your other stuff also really matters. I would say if, you, if you've got an old phone you're mostly happy with and you're getting an iPad Pro to go, I would say it's probably probably worth it. You know, and again, like me, you don't have to sign up on for the service day and date. Right. You I can, just, you I'll can do anything wait. to avoid talking to AT&T on the phone. <laughs> and like, can't you sign up for it and turn it on and off right on in the iPad itself? Or do you have to call? I don't know. I believe, I just, I don't want to do anything that screws up my AT&T account. Like, I just, I treat it like a big dragon's mouth. Like, you know, because, uh... It just feels like such a delicate balance. But yeah, time was. It used to be you could even, I don't know, it was a Verizon that had the like pretty cheap two gigs a month package. There were different ones. and But yeah, I think it used to be you could just go and hit LTE and sign up right inside of there. Right. And I, like, just, I don't know like, how that affects my family account. And I don't want to, you know, end up screwing that up. Yeah. Because we have an allotted number of devices that's shared between the people and like, so I'm, you know, it's, it doesn't cost anything or hurt at all to try, but if it does break something now, I'm on AT, I'm on the phone with AT&T for two days. They still, <laughs> I still, I still get spam calls on my watch when it's not on my wrist. Have I told you about that? No, you, you I get, don't think you, you mentioned you get, that. You get, a, you get an Apple watch and if you get LTE, LTE on a watch, you get assigned a phone number, a fairly random national phone number. And in my case, I mean, it's very unusual. It would be very unusual for me to get a 415 area code. Um, but, I mean, whether that's whatever whatever device that is, that you when you get assigned a phone number for that, um, it's not passing through my spam blocker apps when it's sitting on the stand. Uh. It's just functioning as a freestanding device. And I still I get spam calls from the area code and, red, and um, you know, first three digits of whatever the hell. I don't even know my phone number for my watch, but isn't that bizarre? (laughs) I get on the the number. Yeah, but I would never give somebody the phone number for my watch to call me. I wish I could just say, like, don't even let this ring. Like, except when it's, uh, AT&T has a name for this, some stupid corporate name for when you have a uh, phone number on your watch. Right, Anyway, it's all changing. It's all changing so quickly. But like when you're, the, the irony of this is like, it is this dumb rich man's game. Where like I'm trying to think of an example of this, but I think there's probably a name for this in the in the consumer industry. Oh yeah, John Lovett uh, mentioned this on Love It or Leave It. Was talking about how like when you fly, the best value is to get like you know Comfort Plus when you're flying. Yeah, like that extra hundred dollars is so worth it for a long flight. Whereas sixteen hundred dollars for first class or twelve hundred dollars for business class. It's not really worth it unless somebody else is paying for it. Right. But he had a name for this that was really funny. But the 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 slight consumer upgrade can sometimes stand you very well. Unless you have a Sherpa, you don't know that going with the <laughs> least costly solution is gonna really it's gonna make your performance and your long term relationship with this device less fun. It's kind of what I said to you a couple of weeks ago in ordering this is like you know, don't spend a ton more money than you need to if you're not sure you're going to like it. But it sounds like you might end up liking this. 
Yeah, I definitely like it. I definitely, you know, and that's the one thing I was just, that was the, I don't want to say regret, but it was the one second thought I had, like, once I got it and realized how much I did like it, I started to think, oh, should I got the LTE? Uh, I think you're good because you carry your phone around mostly, right? You, well, do you have tethering on your phone? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tethering can be a real lifesaver. And because if, um, if, if, and or when my kids inherit this, one of them, you know, we have this kind of trickle down thing where. Yeah. Us too. Us too. I give it to my son and he gives his to my daughter and then I get another one and then et cetera. So they will never be using LTE on it. So it would be, I don't know, maybe the audience will set me straight. I still have, you know, like a week before I uh, can't swap it out, but I like it. I think, I I think you're fine. I, I think you're fine with that. With it. Um, I want to talk to you about the pencil yeah. and your experience with that. But first, I wonder if you could tell me about a third thing that you like. The third and final thing I would like to tell you about Squarespace. Oh, come on. Spare Squares. Yes. This Big is fan. this is the way that you can turn your cool idea into a new website. If you have an idea, they have a beautiful template that you can start out with and customize and make your own with just clicking and uh, and, and some dragging and moving little sliders. And, uh, and you can completely customize one of these templates and make it look exactly the way that you want it to look. And everything, one of the things we often talk about with Squarespace is how easy it is to get started. How just, oh, you can get started in 30 seconds or whatever. That's important. I don't want to downplay that. But I want to mention that if you're tasked with managing content, managing a website, running a website, or you're going to be building something and then deploying it to a customer, a client, a family member, you want it to be easy, not just when you're getting started, but in a month and six months and a year it's or two. It's maintainable, Dan. It's That's so maintainable. Right. That's right. And yeah. you need that. You need to have that kind of maintainable software so that... When you hand this off to somebody who's maybe less savvy than you, or maybe they're very savvy and just don't have a lot of time, you want to be able to get in, update your site, push out your content, whatever it is that you want to do, get in and get out of there. You don't want it that part to be hard. And Squarespace makes that part incredibly, incredibly easy. Uh, like I said, I've told you in the past, they have built-in e-commerce so that you can sell stuff. You can customize the look and feel. Everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box. If you want a domain name, they've got 200 domain name extensions you can choose from for your perfect domain. They've got analytics. They've got built-in SEO. They've got secure hosting. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And they've got 24-7 award-winning customer support. They are a great company making a great product. And I think you should go check it out for your project or for the next time that you want to help someone with their project. You mm-hmm. just go to squarespace.com slash it's your show. You'll get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you just use the offer code. It's your show one word, and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So uh, go check it out. What's this you're, you're showing me here? I'm sending you uh, one of my uh, multiple square, uh, square space sites. Uh, one thing that I do is I have a page at merlinm.com slash playlists where you can go. And when I have the time to update it, I put in um, my playlist for Spotify and uh, YouTube, uh, which I've been doing a lot more lately, which is a lot of fun. And here's how this works for me. I go to that page on the public internet. I hit escape. This is so crazy. You hit escape. That takes you to the login for your site. 
and you can go start viewing that page immediately. You can hit escape to go back to the other view. It's so cool. But what do you notice that's crazy about this? I like Markdown. Like I, WYSIWYG is cool. Raw HTML is cool. I maintain the contents of this page in NVAlt. I make any changes I need to there. And all I have to do is copy and paste, copy the contents of that from NVAlt and paste it into this Markdown area. And that's how I maintain the page. Love you can that. do this however you want. It makes it so easy. But how could you ever imagine there'd be like a, a beautiful looking website where all you have to do is go paste in some markdown and you're done? So cool. Different world. Living in a different world. Different it's world today. So go to squarespace.com slash it's your show and use the code it's your show. Save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And we sure do appreciate the support of squarespace.com. Squarespace. Tell your friends about it. Get out of the webmaster business. Squarespace. So we got a lot of email from people in the past when we were talking about how, how do you use your iPad? And oh, yeah. one of the emails that we got, let me dig this one up. I should have done this before. There it is. Um, he, does he say that we can iPad. use his name? His name is Dan. Dan from Australia. And Dan, well, that's going to screw him up. There's only like probably three Dan's in all know, of Australia. Australia. First of all, everybody there's named Bruce, according to Monty Python. First of all, it's a penal colony. Okay, did I get that checked out? Well, that's how that's what it is. I mean, they're all and the well, second, they, got the, they got the spiders and the snakes and the drop bears. Yeah, that's Woo. what was my second point. Is they've got all kinds of things that bite you and kill you, including yep, the people. Yep, yep, yep. People bite you. The penal colony. And third, they've got a guy named Dan who claims to be an iPad only Rails developer. And so this was very intriguing to me. He sent this uh, at the end of October. Oh, right, right, right. This is the October 30th email. Yes. From, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Tell me what's going on with this. Okay. So he sent a very long, detailed email that, uh, that was really interesting. So one of the complaints that I've had about the iPad not being able to fully be a, a mobile, my, my only mandatory mobile device. And I have had for a long time, I have had the dream of being able to say, I'm going on a trip or I'm going to be, you know, gone for a period of time. Don't really want to bring a laptop per se, but what if something happens where mm-hmm. I need to, because I, as, uh, as I'm often uh, known to, to talk about, I've run fireside.fm, which is a podcast hosting platform. And from time to time, I might need to react to a user or fix a bug or launch something or do something where I might not just be remoting to a machine to reboot something, but where I actually might need to develop and push out some code. And there are a variety of ways to do this on an iPad, but I've, it's not as seamless as it is to do development all on your, on your computer where you have that right there. And there have maybe, been maybe a, a kind of like it's got to be up there with high end video editing, and right? The, like, wow, this is the only way that my setup is going to work without, you know, exactly. I, I, I exactly, yeah. So while it's true that you still can't, and probably, I mean, never is a long time, but you probably won't ever be able to run like the full Rails development stack on an iPad. And for people who don't know what I'm talking about. A lot of software development that you do, so like if you were developing to build like a, an iOS app, for example, you have the software that you use to to build that app and it's just there on your computer or your device and you compile it and then you, you can run it right there with, with something like Rails. And this would be true for Python developers uh, doing Django work or, or any anything where you have a full stack. What that means is behind the scenes, you've got a, uh, you've, you've likely got a database 
you've got some kind of web server that's running um, to to run your web software. In other words, if you're doing that kind of web development, you've got a handful of things that are running behind the scenes. So it's not just typing code. You've actually, you're typing code, but there's a database there. There's a web server there. There's other aspects of code, like compiling Ruby and other things that need to happen behind the scenes, just so that you can then type your code and see it in your browser for the testing. Um, uh, now using the windows subsystem for Linux, I was able to get this easily up and running on a Microsoft Surface, but the Microsoft Surface is really just running regular old Windows, and we're not running Mac OS on, on an iPad. We're running iOS. Very different. So one of the things I've often said is, it sure would be cool if I could have that full stack or do that kind of development. The answer is you still can't do that. Maybe we'll never do it. It's not really meant to do that, but mm-hmm. you can still be very productive using an iPad to do the kind of development that, that I do. And, uh, and so the way that he suggested doing this, I'll tell you about, and I'll tell you what, what I do. What he suggested is he has a, a VPS, like you could get one on Linode or something like that for five bucks a month. And then he uses, uh, instead of using SSH, which is the way that we generally, it stands for secure shell. This is the way that we generally connect to remote computers out there in the world, servers. There's something else that's called MOSH. M-O-S-H. And I think it stands for mobile shell or mobile SSH, something like that. And what this does is it's very tolerant of disconnections or interrupted connections. So if you have an SSH connection from your device, like your computer to the remote server, and something happens where your internet connection gets interrupted or slows down or gets knocked off, you're going to be in a, a tricky situation because now whatever was on the screen there, if you were compiling something or running something, you've lost that connection. And then you've got to try to get back to connected to the machine, kill those old processes. It's very frustrating. Mosh, which is something I had never used and didn't, hadn't even heard of before um, uh, Dan from the, the penal colony wrote in. And he <laughs> said, you need to try this out. He says, uh, Mosh, he says, is more responsive than SSH. He says it always feels as fast as working locally. So what he has is a, a server. He has a little server setup, a VPS, with his development environment. He uses Mosh to connect full screen from his iPad to that remote server, and then he's using Vim, which is VI, uh, to do all of his software development and coding. And if you're using something like that, it's going to feel native. Now, you would have to be willing to use Vim as your development environment instead of a GUI-type um, uh, software development you know, tool, like, for example, like we use TextMate or Ad- our Atom. This would oh, replace see, that. So saying. you'd be using Vim instead of a text editor or, or a local running text editor. So you would connect to your remote machine, fire up Vim, edit inside of that, and then all the commands and everything that you need, you're going to run there inside. And the mosh is making it more fault uh, Exactly. Tolerant? That's right. Okay. Exactly. So that's how he does it. And I thought, well, that's an interesting thing. I, I could give that a try. Uh, but before I, and, and I did give that a try and it does work and it works really well. And that, that would be the answer for me if I needed to do like full on full blown development. I'm not sure I'd want to spend eight hours a day in that particular situation, but there is another alternative. 
And that is, uh, there's an application that I know we've talked about before the last time that we had this discussion years back. There's an application called Textastic. Hmm. Textastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that. And, uh, and, and that's so, got, at least it's got code highlighting and it does. Uh, stuff like that. It really yeah. does. And it, it has it for many different languages. One, uh, one of them in, includes, it happens to be Ruby. So you can go in and, uh, and in conjunction with another app, and the one that I'm using for this is, uh, is called Working Copy. Working Copy allows you to uh, sign in and download your GitHub repositories. And then, using the magic of, uh, of Textastic, you can make Textastic use working copies checked out GitHub repository as a file system. In other words, as, a, as a document. I'm looking at the screenshot of this iPad running this. That's yeah, so, it, so you get this great text editor, which is as, you know, very similar to Atom and TextMate. It, it, you know, it has similar... Uh, themes and things so you can get the colors that you're used to in text editing and it has other shortcuts and things like that so you get a full-blown uh, text editor that is going to let you code and even set your font to be one of the cool monospace fonts that you like mm-hmm. and then you can you have all of this code that you checked out uh, from working copy so you can full-on code and then you can commit those changes in working copy and push them up. The only missing piece to that would be, obviously, you can't test it locally, but if you know what you're doing or fixing, you could push it up. And then you could uh, you could deploy straight to Heroku if that's what you're using, or if, mm-hmm. you, if you need to SSH to your server, you could uh, deploy from there. So it's Wait, a so decent answer. Wait, so it also supports answer. the files yes. interface? Yes. That's so cool. It's so very it cool. brings up your repository as a folder? As a folder with browsable content, so you can... Uh, drill wow. down to the individual file. You can have multiple files open. It, it's That's it's so really cool. cool, Merlin. It's really cool. <gasps> this is this is this is Disney magic. It's pretty cool. So th- because thanks to, to to Dan from uh, Australia, Dan's got a lot going on. Did you did you see all of his? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing. He's, he's got busy. a lot going on. He's very busy. I think Dan's busier than I am. He's got a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. So he says, "Here's the tech nerd stuff." Blink is the app that, that he uses for Mosh, which I bought and really, really like. And it's uh, it works great. Mosh is awesome. And the way for, for the, those of you behind the scenes wondering how Mosh works, you Mosh starts an initial SSH connection to the remote server and then spawns a Mosh server that's in, an encrypted secure shell type uh, connection that on its on a separate port and then then your your terminal switches over to that port and you then get the benefits of mosh's intermittent connectivity and all that good stuff. So here's what he says, blink on the iPad, mosh on Linode screens, screens vim docker. So he's actually using docker to do his rails or postgres development. Uh and then on the the dev box, he's got oh, I don't even need to go through it. It's very nerdy. But he's got it all set up and he's this is how he codes every day all day. So people are doing it. People are doing That's this incredible. kind of thing. And it, it's it's very, very cool. And it's an interesting way to do this kind of thing. I'm glad you can do it. Yeah, I mean, there. and then you think about people like Jason Snell, like record, like um, doing stuff in Ferrite, yep. the kind of stuff that people are doing. You know, it all, it, all feels, it all feels hobbled compared to the most blown out version that you can think of on your own sweet home computer. Yeah. But it's super interesting to look to the future. Yeah. And like what, when this stuff changes however it changes i mean does it change so that your 
Apple device of the last six months can suddenly do exactly what your computer did? Possibly. Maybe. But it's very interesting to think about how, how, how do you describe it? Think about like how the way you develop changes. I don't know. I mean, you, you have to account for so many things. I mean, like a lot of people, <laughs> if you showed an iPad to somebody today, I'm going to be silly for a minute. You showed an iPad to somebody today, they'd say, that's real cute. But how would I plug in my Ethernet cable? And you go, um, you can't. And they go, well, I would never consider having a device where I couldn't plug in an Ethernet cable. You go, well, you don't really need it anymore. Like, when's the last time that, like, <laughs> you complained about having Wi-Fi on your iPad, that it wasn't fast enough for Wi-Fi? Well, it's as fast as your Wi-Fi will go. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm making a silly point because I think that makes it useful to say, well, this doesn't do what my setup does in Emacs. It's like, no, it doesn't. But like, is there a chance that, that the way that you develop will change such that Emacs isn't the only way you would choose to do it in the future? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting time. Let's talk about the pencil next time. I also want to talk about how I'm, um, I'm fully back on Safari. I think I'm done with Chrome. Are you done with Chrome? I think I'm done. I think I'm done with Chrome. There's just too much stuff about it. The short, short version is there was the weird login thing, whatever. Yes. Yeah. They just keep pushing out stupider and stupider looking interface changes. It is so freaking ugly right now. They've, they've, they've bollocked up so many commands uh, or changed so many commands. You can't do standard Mac stuff. You can't do standard iOS stuff on, uh, on Google things. I mean, try and use standard gestures when you're on Google News on the iPad. You can't tap the thing at the top to go to the top. They disabled that with whatever interface they're doing. If you try to like command uh, command click on a other app in, yeah. on the Mac, it doesn't work properly. <sighs> command shift H doesn't work. It's like there's just I I I think I'm full in on Safari at this point. Living the Safari lifestyle is what I'm saying. You know, I like Safari for regular browsing and things like that. Um, for for web development, Chrome is still better, and that's yeah. the only reason. That I'm still using Chrome. I mention it here. I've really got to go, but um, I mention it here because why? I mention it because this is actually kind of an example of what you were, you and I were just talking about. Mm. So why did I stay on Chrome? Well, on Chrome, I've got four different extensions for copying Markdown, um, you know, in, into Markdown from a page or doing all this stuff with, you know, it's actually like its own little development area where you can go in and say like how you want these markdown links to be formed. And I've got all of that and I've got five different ad blockers and I've got all these different things I've got, you know, Oh, I can post a Tumblr from here. And like, if, if I really stop, like, you know what? I don't really need almost any of that anymore. In my case, like I don't actually post on Tumblr that much anymore. Like the, the stuff that I'm using the markdown things for, I don't need four extensions for that. A lot of this I can do on my end with services on the Mac. It's just another one of those things where if I, if I decided that my primary point that I wanted to make to people was I never change, I could do that. But I, it just occurred to me that it actually makes a lot more sense for me to be all in on Safari, focus on Safari for how I organize bookmarks and all that kind of stuff and my all important bookmark bar. Yep. But, we can talk about it next time, but um, I just thought that was kind of interesting. So let's right. talk about the pencil next time. Let's also, uh, if we have time, we'll try and collate our wonderful feedback from more listeners besides uh, Dan and the Penal Colony. We'll be coming back to other folks who have been telling us how they're using it. That would be great. And it's, it's been super interesting. But our thanks to Dan uh, and the Penal Colony. Is it Dan? Is that right? Yeah. Dan and the Penal Colony. I don't uh, know. For, I don't know him, though. No, he, he says he's a doctor, but doctor might mean something different. <laughs> right over there, doctor, doctor just means you like to cut people up. Yeah, or get make them snakes eat, out of make people. Make them eat stuff. <laughs> All right, let's button this up.
Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Happy iPad.